Live at 5, Sports of Tide and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Well, Jim, the Twins don't get the sweep in Cleveland. Uh, kind of unusual always to play around a rain delay about an hour long. I think that affected Joe Ryan's start, it appeared to, uh, a little bit yesterday. Kind of some unusual circumstances, but still, two out of three in Cleveland. You know, job well done. Four out of six on a road trip. I know Texas is struggling right now, but it was a road trip against two contenders, a very important road trip. As we're, You can really start saying the games matter now. People like to think that all the games are important early in the season. Reality is you can, you, know, you can lose a lot of games early in the season, have it not matter. Now we're at the point where it matters. Mm-hmm. They come out of that road trip 4-2 uh, with a six-game lead in the division, 22 games left. A lot of their games left are against bad teams, let's face it. Yeah. Uh, Tampa's really the only good team left on the schedule. And this is they're about to be as healthy as they've been in years. Uh, they're about to get Kirilov back. Uh, their rotation is pretty healthy right now. Um, they might get Stewart, Paddock back here soon. Varland has come up and is throwing gas out of the bullpen. This is as complete a good, healthy team as we've seen in Twins uniforms in a long time. I just think they're set up to kind of surge toward October at this point. And it appears as though the front of their rotation will give them a good chance against any other team's front of the rotation starters uh, uh, that they might throw out there. I mean, shucks, even Framber Valdez down at Houston has had an up-and-down season uh, for them. Verlander has the experience, of course. But I like the front of the Twins rotation now better than I have in a long time. In a long time. This team has started Booth Bonzer and Randy <laughs> Dobnik in the second game of playoff series. Uh, this is not, you ain't going to see Randy Dobnik in this series. You're not going to see anybody named Booth in this series. Uh, you know, I mean, they can start either Lopez or Sonny Gray in the opener of the playoff series, and, and the other will pitch game to So the first two games, they're going to send two of the best pitchers in the American League to the mound. Third, uh, I, I'd like to see a little more out of Joe Ryan. Mm-hmm. He is – he – he wasn't bad yesterday, but he wasn't efficient. Uh, basically, his best pitch, Cleveland was able to foul it off, spoil good pitches and extended bats and drive his pitch count high. Um, you want to see him get back to where he, when he throws that high fastball, people can't quite handle it. Uh, so that'll be something to watch here in the next few weeks because they'd like him to be their number three starter in the playoffs. Um, the bullpen has been doing the job. You know, it's not perfect. You don't have a, lock, a certain lockdown eighth inning right-hander, but you have a lot of people who have pitched well. Barlin's really interesting. You know, after he says, hey, I want to be a starter and all that, he goes in, and he's throwing like three, four miles an hour harder as a reliever than he was as a starter. Mm-hmm. He is firing the ball in there. He yeah. looks like, the, and he has the kind of mentality, he might be the kind of guy who does really well as a late-inning reliever, at least in the short term. Yeah. Um, so things are trending in the right direction here. It's been a very uneven season. What's interesting here is they're playing great. Um, they've been really good since the All-Star break. They've been exceptional offensively since the All-Star break. And they're basically doing it without Byron Buxton, and that is a huge change. Yeah. They used to feel completely dependent on Buxton. Now they're winning without him. Yeah, that is. Uh, a little concern uh, with Duran. He hasn't been quite as dominant as he was uh, earlier in the season. Your guy, uh, Lavelli Neal, wrote about that uh, yesterday in his column and mentioned that the curveball just isn't what it was, uh, at least control-wise, for Duran, and that has a, a, a ripple effect throughout. It does. Um, and, you know, we all love the 104-mile-an-hour fastball. I yep. think he should use it even more. 
realities lately, it's been more like 101. And listen, that's still, it sounds incredible to say oh, only 101. Yeah, he's dropped but velocity. The, <laughs> yeah, but the real, reality is he's lost a little, a teeny bit of velocity, and his fastball is straight. Yep. So if he doesn't command it, listen, 101 on the corner is always going to work. Uh, 101 down the middle without movement, big league hitters can find a way to hit it. Uh, so the fastball is very good, but not absolutely dominant. Uh, the curveball, which is kind of unhittable when he throws it right and spots it right, has not been that good. The pitch he threw behind the hitter the other day was a, a, a curveball, you know, an attempt at his, his curve, his hard slider, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, if he can get, and listen, it, it's not a, you know, it, he needs to be really good, and he hasn't been absolutely dominant lately. Uh, I would imagine. The fact they haven't had to overwork him has it's given him the chance to 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 get some command back, get some arm freshness back. So I, I don't think it's a tragedy yet or, or or a crisis, but it is something to watch. Yeah, no doubt. And yeah, I like to look at those baseball savant stats myself on the yep. MLB website, and it shows. You know, they'll they'll give him a percentile ranking, and his fastball spin rate is only at about the fifteenth, eighteenth percentile. So it is a a straight fastball, but like you said, if it's well located, it still gets guys out at a at a high rate. So something yep. to watch. But Duran is the least of their problems that they uh, may have. I mean, uh, you know, the team just seems so solid. The fact that I even brought up Joan Duran as a concern shows how good the team has been right uh, it has been and and i give you know i give falvey and and baldelli a lot of credit they basically got to the midseason and said okay uh and i think i part of the hit, credit goes to the hitters for taking instead of sitting around complaining about the hitting coach they basically started holding their own meetings and having hitters talk to hitters yeah and then that's part of it part of it is uh, hey the the drafting developing of position players uh you know royce lewis has been great. Uh, he's their best player and an uh, inspirational player. Walner has been very good. Julian has been very good. Uh, all the bench players they brought in that didn't make much of a ripple when they signed him or, or traded for him have been exceptional. Uh, Baldelli has basically said, "Okay, if I'm not going to be, if I'm not going to sit here and wait for Correa and Buxton to win games, then I'm going to go crazy with platoons and use everybody and give everybody a good matchup." Um, you know, and just going to use the whatever bullpen arm I think is best in whatever situation. Uh, you know, we we can second guess Rocco at any given day. I think big picture, and then you add in the, the effectiveness of their bunting and base stealing. Mm-hmm. I, I think this has been a really well run team the second half of this season. We saw Edward Julien get a chance to play first base for the first time here in the last week. Uh, is that his position of the future? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it, uh, I don't know. Uh, the honest answer is I don't know. Now, mm-hmm. Kirilov could be back by Friday, so you might not see Julian over there again the rest yeah. of the season if other people are healthy. But they're going to have some really interesting decisions. I think Kepler has done enough to make them want to bring him back. Uh, and I think Kepler, you know, Buxton or someone else, and Walner is probably the future of the outfield mm-hmm. uh, right now. But infield, you have Royce Lewis is going to be your third baseman. Cray is going to be your shortstop. Uh, you have a decision to make on Polanco. Julian could be your second baseman, but you also have Brooks Lee starting to tear it up at, at AAA. You have yeah. Austin Martin was their minor league player that month at AAA. He started to tear it up. Uh, you know, so they know very well they need extra players. You can't just say, okay, this is my second baseman. I don't need another second baseman. So um, they have a lot of options here. I'm not sure what way they're going to go, but my guess is they'll let Polanco go and let Brooks Lee, Julianne, K. 
Kirilov and, you know, and the DH spot, whether that's used for Buxton or not, kind of uh, let those, those players occupy, maybe have four players for three spots. You mentioned Varland earlier and how his fastball was ticked up, certainly pitching out of the bullpen, knowing he wasn't trying to go uh, seven innings or six innings uh, in an outing. And, and uh, you know, he kind of said, that's fine, I'll pitch out of the bullpen, but long-term I want the team to know I want to be a starting pitcher. Uh, that's not that unusual, is it, for pitchers to resist going from starter to the bullpen and, and kind of letting their team know that's the case? Teams listen to that. They take that seriously, don't they? Yeah, I, I would say that uh, this is not the right time or the right, and that wasn't the right way to express that. Mm. Uh, you know, you can come to spring training and say, "Hey, I'm, I want to be a starting pitcher," and that's and that would be taken as a sign of ambition and determination. Right now, you got a team that is trying to win a playoff race and go into October as the strongest possible team, and you know, Louis, I, I just don't think you want to express individual ambitions at this time of the year in this situation, especially on a team where a lot of people have had to play out of position or play different roles or, you know, take the ball in different situations. Uh, this, this time of year, it should be, Hey, whatever you want me to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you can, you can save your personal ambitions for the off season and, and next spring. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not that unusual though for pitchers, uh, but maybe like you said, the timing was poor, but yeah. that probably goes on quite a bit on ball clubs, I would think. It, it goes, you know, it goes on. Um, I just don't think it's a good look for Louie yeah. to, to not just say, hey, I want to help this team win, and then we'll figure everything else out later. Also, I can't tell you how many pitchers I've covered who didn't quite make it as starters and had fabulous careers and made a massive amount of money uh, you know, as relievers. And Eddie Wardado. Latroy Hawkins were failed starters. Rick Aguilera is a failed starter. Uh, Joe Nathan was a failed starter. I mean, you can have a great career not being a starting pitcher. Yeah, Glenn Perkins, another one. We Glenn Perkins. I hear yes. from him quite a bit. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.